Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, the St. Louis Blues fall to the New York Rangers 5-3 in frustrating fashion. The goalie controversy is alive and well as it has been for the past few months. Uh, and I'm going to be answering the question, do the Blues have what it takes to reach the level of top teams like the New York Rangers, not New York Rangers, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I guess the New York Rangers, this season? Lots to talk about and more. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Josh Hyman, and I'm going to be taking you guys on a solo episode today, kind of talking about all the stuff that Tommy talked about last night on his solo episode. If you if you missed that, make sure you check it out. Um, because yeah, it's it's we're we're only about twelve hours removed from the game, um, a little bit more. So you know, not a lot has changed. Um, talk like I said, Tommy talked about a lot of what I want to talk about today uh, on his solo episode, but I figured it, it couldn't hurt for me to give my opinion. You know. Tommy and I don't agree on everything. Um, I listened back to some of his his episode, and there are definitely points where I agree with. I think he hit the nail on the head, but there are also some points where I, I think we slightly disagree. So should be a fun episode today. Um, like I said, probably going to be sounding kind of similar to what Tommy talked about, so apologies in advance if, if you're listening to these episodes back-to-back or something like that, but figured my fresh opinion could add some insight to the overall situation. But first, want to thank anyone and everyone out there for making Locked On Blues your first listen because we are free and available on all podcast platforms. All right, so game plan for today. Segment number one, the Blues lose 5-3 to the New York Rangers. Going to be talking about the game, going to be talking about the delay of game penalty, going to be talking about Colton Pareko and the defense and the offense and everything. Uh, segment two, the goalie controversy, of course. Um, the the TNT panel had a great segment at uh, intermission, which sounded strikingly similar to a conversation that Tommy and I recently had, and I know that he talked about this on his episode, but... Wayne Gretzky was asked the question, if the playoffs start tomorrow, who are you starting in goal? Um, which is literally exactly what Tommy asked me uh, just a few episodes ago. So that was pretty funny to hear. Um, when I was watching that game, I did a double take. Like, wait a minute. It, wait, Wayne Gretzky listens to Locked On Blues. Kidding, of course. Uh, it's obviously a very generic question. But still, it, it's a great point. And I think the question, you know, is, is ever evolving. So that's going to be segment two. Uh, and then segment three. We're at the point in the season where you kind of really know what your team is made of. You know, the St. Louis Blues, we know what they're made of at this point. Yes, the trade deadline still exists. There could be some changes made. But for the most part, you know, we've seen this team for almost 50 games now. Um, we know we know what to expect from them. So I'm going to be answering the question, do the Blues have what it takes to reach the level of some of the really good teams in this in this league this year? Like the Tampa Bay Lightning, like the New York Rangers, um, like the Calgary Flames, you know, just just... Do the Blues have what it takes this year? Uh, so first of all, segment one. The Blues played a hockey game last night, and it did not go well. Um, first period got me nervous. Um, Andrew Shelley and I, on the crossover episode that we did, uh, talked a lot about five-on-five play and how that was sort of going to be the difference maker. Um, you know, the Rangers, really successful on the power play, and like I said, I'm going to be talking about that a little later. You know, the late penalty uh, on Colton Pareko, just disappointing going to get into that in a little bit um but we talked about how five on five was gonna be the difference maker because the new york rangers struggle at five on five and the blues really do not so 
that was sort of what I was looking for heading into that first period, and the Blues just got embarrassed, you know, for the first 15 minutes of that period. I think they had only three shots on goal up until, like, the eight-minute mark. They got their fourth and their fifth, but really just felt like they they were almost doing a little too much, you know? They they, they passed up some, some good shot opportunities, you know, maybe not prime scoring opportunities, but still, they passed up some good opportunities to try to make that extra pass or, or just try to do something a little fancy, and... It never worked out in that first period. When you know when you're playing a guy like Igor Shosturkin, um, a Vesna candidate, as we saw late in the second period, just fire pucks on net, you know, and and you never know what'll happen. You gotta you gotta test a guy like that. You can't let him get comfortable. And in that first period, the Blues let Igor Shosturkin get comfortable, and despite that little lapse he had in the second period, allowing three goals on three consecutive shots, he was really really solid. And I think that's partly because the Blues allowed him to get comfortable in that first period. He faced three shots in his first 12 minutes, and the Rangers scored a goal. If I'm a goalie, that's great. That's best-case scenario. You know, you're not facing no shots, so you're, you know, you're not getting warmed up, but you're facing enough shots where you can get a feel for the game. Whatever. It, it was frustrating. You know, just, just throw pucks on net. When you got a goalie like that, when you got a team that the Rangers weren't even generating that many chances themselves, it really felt like, despite the Blues' poor play, they had a chance to take that game, they had a chance to establish their willpower on that game, and they never did besides that two-minute stretch in the, in the second period. So, look, first period ends, one nothing deficit, frustrated. You know, probably could have been a lot worse, honestly, just based on the way that the Blues played. Second period starts, um, you know, Goes most of the period. Once again, the Blues aren't really doing a whole lot, but neither are the Rangers. Kind of just in a neutral game, and it felt like you know the the next the next goal was going to be pretty crucial in the way that the the rest of the game went. And then Ryan Strom uh, gets himself a nice little goal to put the Rangers up to nothing. And that's when I'm like, all right, God, this 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 game's going to be real tough. You know, at that point, I was pretty dejected, assumed that the Blues weren't going to win, <laughs> and then. Three goals in two minutes and four seconds on three consecutive shots, and I'm over the moon. You know, the Blues played some of the best hockey they have played all season in that two-minute stretch. It reminded me of the overtime that they had against the Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup Final, where, like, it looked like they were playing against a peewee team, just with the amount of pressure that they generated. That's what I saw out of the Blues in those two minutes. They dominated. They made Vesna candidate Igor Shosturkin look like he belonged in the AHL. It was crazy, and I was so stoked, and I was all ready for them to come out in the third period with that energy and match that energy, and oh, they just didn't. They didn't match that energy. They had that one two-minute and four-second stretch of high-energy play, and that was it. First period and third period was lazy, uninspired, um, irresponsible, undisciplined. It was so frustrating because, as we saw, they had the potential to win that game if they put even 75% of that pressure that they put in the last two minutes of the third uh, in the second period if they even won 75% of that for the rest of the game they would have won but they just sat back they sat on their heels and they let the Rangers back into the game so I'm gonna be talking about that uh for the first half of the second segment and then I'm gonna be talking about the goalie controversy but first I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Bet Online. now football might be over this season but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds totals player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs betonline remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcasts and news this season and it's not just basketball betonline.net is your source for hockey 
boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Then online, where the game starts, and I'll be right back. All right, so let's talk about the third period. Um, coming out of the second, you know, heading to that locker room, St. Louis has got to be over the moon. Three goals, three shots on one of, if not the best goalie in the world this season. How can you not be ecstatic? You know, how can you not feel like you can just do anything? Scoring three goals and three shots on Igor Shosturkin, it's got to make you feel like you're you're the best offense in the NHL. I expected that energy to carry over into the third period. I expected the Blues to come out firing, have the Rangers on their heels, and that didn't happen. They let the Rangers get comfortable. It it really didn't feel like when it was four to th- or, or three to two. Sorry, it really didn't feel like the Blues were playing like they had the advantage. It felt like a tie game, if that makes sense. It, it felt like the Rangers were were comfortable, and I don't really think the Rangers ever really felt like they were going to lose this game. And that's because the Blues just missed their opportunity to impose their will. You score three goals and three sec- or three shots, that should be a backbreaker for a team. That should just be it, you know? You shouldn't be able to recover from that. And the Blues sat back and let the Rangers recover from that. It sucked. <laughs> um, so the Rangers pretty quickly tied the game up 3-3 uh, three to three on a kind of a controversial goal. Um... Seven minutes into the period, kind of a scramble out front. Billy Huso out of the cage gets bumped into, and Patrick Nemeth gets his first goal of the season for the New York Rangers um, to tie the game up. And at that point, like I said, it really just felt like a missed opportunity. You know, the the Blues probably had some opportunities to to try to get an extra goal there, and and they just, like I said, sort of similar to that first period, felt like they were just doing a little too much to try to make that extra pass. Um, or just, you know, make that extra play, trying to come up with the perfect opportunity, and they just didn't do it. Um, so, sure enough, you know, the Rangers apply a little bit of pressure, kind of a broken play, Billy Huso out of the net, gets bumped into. I, at first, thought it was goaltender interference, just based off of Huso's reaction and the rest of the players' reactions, but, you know, upon the replay, he's out of the crease. Um, you know, he kind of already committed himself to being over there. You can't call that goal interference. That's pretty, pretty cut and dry. So, tie game. Uh, but all hope is not lost. You know, it, it felt like the Blues still had a chance. Because like I said, it felt like they were playing like they were tied regardless. And it's not like the Blues were getting getting hemmed in. It was back and forth. And then, <sighs> Colton Pareko takes a delay of game penalty, shooting the puck over the glass from their own end, from behind his own net. Now, Colton Pareko has been playing really, really good hockey as of late. Uh, he's maybe had his best stretch of the season. And I still think he played pretty well last night. However... We're 50 games into the season, about, and there's 10 minutes left in a tie game against one of the best teams in the NHL. You can't be taking delay of game penalties. Yeah, it's a stupid rule. It's dumb. There should be some discretion involved. But you gotta take that extra second to think, is this the right play? Is it the right play to just, you know, swat at the puck? chip it out of the zone with no regard. And it's not Colton Pareko's fault because I, mean, I get he, he does take a lot of delay game penalties. Maybe it's because the stick is so long he's so tall. But it really felt like, feel like feels like the Blues are getting a little lackadaisical lately between the, the kind of the frequent too many men penalties that they've been racking up lately. And that delay of game penalty at that time in such a close game against such a good team, it's just like, 
you knew the Rangers were going to score. I knew the Rangers were going to score. The second that that penalty happened, I knew the Rangers were going to score. Andrew Shelley and I talked about it, how the Rangers were so good on the power play, how Chris Kreider was so good on the power play. It appeared in my head before it even happened. I just threw my hands up. I'm like, all right, you just, you just handed them the game. You know, just such a lazy penalty. Handed them the game. And, and that's, it's not Colton Prego's fault. He played a great game. It's the mentality of the team. You know, you should be, laser focus you should be making crisp passes instead of just flailing throwing the puck out of the zone and hoping for the best you know because even if that that puck doesn't go over the glass it's still just a 50 50 shot that it bounces off the glass and goes right to the rangers defenseman and you still got the puck in the zone it's a lazy play and and it's frustrating because it led to a penalty which led to the game-winning goal it's it's, (sighs) look the Blues probably didn't deserve to win that game. They had one stretch in the second period where they dominated. Other than that, the Rangers were the better team. The Blues played a good game. They did. You know, there were moments where they were poor. Yeah, the decision-making was a little questionable. Uh, the execution was a little questionable. But overall, the Blues played a good game, and it was a 4-3 game. You know, empty net goal, sure. Um, Blues played a good game. They could have won. You know, I talk about it all the time. Winning games, you're supposed to lose. The Blues were supposed to lose last night. And they did, but they could have won. They so easily could have won. It's just frustrating, man. It, it really feels like he, there's no blame to be placed. You know, yeah, Billy Huso had that one goal slip under his pads that maybe could have had back, probably probably wanted that one back, but not his fault. He played really well. He had some great saves. The defense played pretty well. I mean, we know what we've got out of this defense this year. You know, it, it's it's definitely not as as poor as it was at the beginning of the year, but still a weak spot for the Blues. You know, a weak spot, for sure. Um, offense played well for that one stretch. And you know what? It, it, as much as it sucks that the, the they lay dormant for the rest of the game, you're playing Igor Shashirkin. You're playing a Vesna candidate. You know, getting three goals against a Vesna candidate, that, that's I'm pretty sure that's significantly above his goals allowed average per game. So... The offense had a good game by that standard. It, it really just felt like it just didn't click, didn't come together, and it could have. You know, you come out in that third period and you stay in that extra gear that you were in at the end of the second period, you win that game. So that being said, it's time to talk about Billy Huso and Jordan Bennington. I don't have a lot to add here because we've been talking about this on pretty much every episode for the last two months. Um, all I'll say is I don't think last night's game is any indication of who should start in net? I saw a lot of like takes on Twitter like, oh, that's it. Give Jordan Bennington the reins. He is the starter now. I think Billy Huso played fine. I don't think he played at the level that he played in some other games where he was just stealing games for the Blues, but I think he played fine. Apart from that one goal that slipped under his pads um, that they really should have had back, he played He played well. There were some big saves. Yeah. Could they have won the game if he stood on his head? Absolutely. But you could say that about any loss in the NHL. Um I don't know, with with Jordan Bennington's play lately, with the way that he's sort of had a resurgence, I would lean more towards Jordan Bennington being the 1A and Billy Huso being the 1B. But again, it's it's in a very evolving situation. You know, we could have um, next game against the New York Islanders on Saturday, one of the, you know, either goalie could start, let up an absolute stinker, or have pitch a shutout. And it's a completely different conversation than we're having today. That's why, like, I, at this point, I'm not you know, making a firm stance one way or the other because it evolves so quickly. So I still think nothing has changed. I think it's pretty close to 50-50 right now in terms of playoff start tomorrow. Who do you start? I think there are great arguments on either side. Um, 
And really all you can do is just wait. Uh, Craig Ruby has talked about how they have a schedule. And if that's the, the case, I would assume that for the next few weeks, it's already determined that they're going to be starting maybe about half the games each. And they're just going to go from there and determine who who's the starter for the playoffs. But I think it's it's... As of right now, the both goalies are playing the best that they have since this controversy started. Yeah, Huso, Huso had a pretty weak performance last night uh, in terms of his standards. Um, but Bennington is back. You know, he's played two really good games in his last two starts. So in terms of them being equal, it's probably the closest it's been so far. So it's a good problem to have. That being said, in the third segment... There's some good teams in the NHL this year. There's some really, really good teams in the NHL this year. The Blues are a good team, but are they a really good team? I know, real real lazy way to ask that question, but I'm going to be getting into that and more in the third segment, so make sure you stay tuned. All right, so I'm going to pull up the NHL standings real quick. Um, look at where some of the teams at the top of the league fall. And then I'm going to read a real fun stat about our good friends down in Tampa. So the Colorado Avalanche, top of the league, 40-10-4, and 84 points. Carolina Hurricanes, Tampa Bay Lightning, Florida Panthers, all up there with more than 35 or thirty-five wins. Toronto Maple Leafs, 35 wins. Uh, New York Rangers, 34 wins. Blues are kind of right there. You know, they're, they're nine points out of second place. No one's catching Colorado. They've got a five-point lead on first place. I mean, unless things drastically change. Um, you know, so... Blues are right there. They they have the, the record that indicates that they're one of the top teams in the NHL. However, the New York Rangers have not lost... Or not the New York Rangers. I keep doing that. That's like the third time this episode I've done that. The Tampa Bay Lightning um, have not lost back-to-back games in regulation this season. That's a very cherry-picked stat. Yes, they've, lost, they've had some losing streaks. You know, they've lost in regulation, in a shootout, and then in regulation again. So, a bit of a cherry-picked stat. However, Tampa Bay Lightning are a phenomenal hockey team. You know, the Carolina Hurricanes, phenomenal hockey team. The Florida Panthers, phenomenal hockey team. The Colorado Avalanche, terrifying. Are the Blues in that tier right now? I don't think so. It doesn't mean they can't win a Stanley Cup because, you know, the NHL is a league full of parity and there, you know, there have been years when there have been some really, really top-heavy, you know, standings and those top teams have gone out and a you know, a team like the St. Louis Blues or the LA Kings back like 10 years ago have gone on to win the Stanley Cup. So just because I don't think that they're in that upper echelon of, you know, kind of like almost super teams doesn't mean they can't win a Stanley Cup. Uh, that being said, do the Blues have what it takes to reach that point this season? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I-, I think that what it would take would be a big, big splash of the trade deadline. Um, I don't think that the defense right now is so poor that it's just going to sink them in the playoffs. I still think the offense is good enough to carry them to at least, you know, through one round, depending on who they get in the first round. Um, You know, obviously, based on the way things shake out, they could end up with playing a team like Colorado in the first round. And then you can't really judge them for having a first round exit if that were to be the case because it's the Colorado Avalanche. So... Right now, I still think the Blues have the potential to make a bit of a playoff run this year. And hey, who knows if 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 the chips fall in the right way? You know, with this current roster, the Blues could theoretically win a Stanley Cup. I don't think this team is so poor that that's out the window with the current current status. Um, 
but it's going to be harder than it would be for a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, the Blues are going to have to work for their wins a little bit more. And the Blues worked their butts off for their wins in the in the year that they won the Stanley Cup. They didn't play like the Tampa Bay Lightning did when they won the Stanley Cup, where they were just rolling teams. They had a lot of series that went deep, a lot of really close games, a lot of overtime games, and they just overcame that. And that's that's the Blues style. You know, they're not gonna be that that top team that just rolls opponents you know the years that the blues finished at the top of the top of the league and were competing for president's trophies they didn't make that much noise in the playoff it's it's been the times when they've um had the ability to just you know edge out those close games and just and just battle through those you know games that they should lose or, or games where offense comes at a premium it, it, it's it's that that's their style of play it's it's not what the Colorado Avalanche are probably going to do in the playoffs and the Tampa Bay Lightning are probably going to do in the playoffs and just, you know, blow teams out and, and win series in fives. The Blues aren't really a team that I could see just sweeping another team at the moment. The Blues are a good team, but they're beatable. Now, given the right opponent, given the right matchup, given the right coaching decisions, given, you know, the right players playing the right way, they're absolutely capable of winning some playoff series. And it's about channeling that mentality. You know, it's about accepting the fact that you're not just going to roll opponents, like I said, like the Tampa Bay Lightning will. You got to accept the fact that you're going to have to work a little harder for your wins. And that's what the blue system is all about. It's all about, you know, working your butts off, show up, do your job. I think um, Wayne Gretzky had a really good point on the TNT broadcast where he said, it's really easy to be a player in Craig Ruby's system, because if you show up and do what's expected of you, you'll get rewarded with ice time and the team will get rewarded with wins. Craig Ruby has a really airtight system that works well. And, you know, if the players buy in, it's perfect. You know, the Blues have potential this season. If the players buy into his system, they have potential. Now, like I said, I would still love to see them go out and make a make a splash the trade deadline, maybe bringing in a defenseman that would just soften the uh, workload on Justin Falk and Tori Krug because they have really been asked to kind of carry this defense. Colton Pareko has turned it on as of late, but still would have liked to see more out of him in general. So yeah, I would like to see a splash of the trade deadline. I think but I think the primary concern would be, rather than just going out and finding a big name, would be about finding a player that will buy into Barubi's system. You know, that's how they won their Stanley Cup. Everybody bought in. It was impossible to play against the Blues in a seven-game series because all 60 minutes of every single game, they were playing Blues hockey. And that's such a cliche. I know, play Blues hockey. But seriously, it, it worked. We were a nightmare to play against in that in that playoff run. That picture of the San Jose Sharks bench where they literally have like six guys on there because everybody was injured because the Blues were so freaking annoying to play against. That's what you got to do if you're with this Blues roster. Yes, they have a lot more skill, I think, on this roster. Guys like Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas have really come into their own. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're going to win games with skill. I still think at their core, the Blues are a physical two-way team this year just with a little bit extra offensive uh, push and a little bit less defensive strength than they had in that cup run season. But at the end of the day, like I said, it's about buying into Craig Ruby's system. And I think that the Blues have done that at points. I don't think it's as consistent as it needs to be. But we've seen stretches where the Blues have, like I said, bought into that system, and they've rolled teams. And with the offense being as good as it is this year, they can roll teams and play a great defensive game. So I I don't, I'm not worried uh, after this loss. Rangers are a really good team. Blues played well. Rangers played better. They play them again uh, next Thursday, I believe. So a week from today. So it's going to be a big test for sure uh, to see if they can, you know, kind of restyle their game and, and win 
against a team that kind of, you know, gave them the work last night. So should be fun there. We're going to have all that covered for you and more on the Locked On Blues podcast. I want to thank you all so much for listening. That is all the time we have for you today. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on because we are free and available on all podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. See my new, all my pores and stuff with my brand new webcam. We've been loving this YouTube thing and it's due for another upgrade here soon if you missed the announcement. Um, we're working out the de- the details to have a studio that uh, Tommy will be in in person just to kind of clarify because it's probably a little confusing. I'm not going to be there in person as of right now. Potentially in the future, I'm a graduating senior in college right now. So I kind of got to get that figured out first before I kind of prioritize being there in the studio. Obviously, I would like nothing more than to sit in a professional recording studio uh, and record these episodes. But as of right now, I'm going to be remote. I'm going to be calling in. It's going to be the sort of the same setup for me as you see. New setup. Jersey's behind me at my desk. Um, but for the meantime, you know, the time being, I'm going to be at home. Tommy will be in the studio. He'll have a really nice camera, really nice microphone, and, you know, new editing, new video editing, new social media stuff. It's really, really exciting. We should have more details. I think next week is when we're starting. So stay tuned for that. Um, but that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. Like I said, subscribe to us on YouTube at Lockdown Blues. Hit that notification bell. That way, whenever we upload a new episode, you'll be the first to know. Follow us on all of our socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Lockdown Blues. Follow me on Twitter, oh, at Josh Hammond NHL. Follow Tommy on Twitter at TWelcher15. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.